This is The Resident Review, a plastic surgery podcast. This is a platform designed for education of plastics, hand, and craniofacial surgery trainees from medical student to master surgeon. Our episodes take you through high-yield topics along with experts in the field in order to maximize your knowledge and refine your techniques. If you like what you hear today, be sure to visit our website, theresidentreview.com, for episodes, outlines, resources, and more. And stay tuned after the episode for a brief message from our sponsor. Hi, and welcome back to The Resident Review. This is Rosie and Tori, hosts of the Quick Hits series, and um, we are here today to talk about hand tumors. So So good. High yield. We were just talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really high yield. A lot of questions. Um, We'll start with benign um, and then move into lesions of the bones and tendons, and then some with nerve involvement and some vascular lesions, and then we'll move on to malignant. Tori, you want to start us off? Yeah, of course I do. (laughs) Talk about benign lesions first. Um, These come up quite a bit. So we'll try to run through them in detail to help you get the questions right on the test. First, we have epidermal inclusion cysts. These are from epidermal cells that are embedded in the dermis. Usually this happens from trauma. So they often arise in bolar distal phalanges. These are treated with excision. Mucus cysts are ganglion cysts of the DIP joint that are associated with nail spurs and bony grooving. These are diagnosed by evaluation through physical exam and x-rays. The x-rays will show DIP osteophytes, causes nail grooving, which occurs through compression of the germinal matrix, and the treatment is excision of the cyst and removal of the bony spurs. Digital fibromatosis. These are rapidly growing broad-based masses on the dorsal or lateral aspects of the finger, and treatment is with wide local excision and full thickness skin grafting. Keratocanthoma, these are cutaneous lesions similar to squamous cell carcinoma, though they are benign. They're round, elevated, and they have a central crater. They're a variant of SEC, and they appear as a red papule on sun-damaged skin, and they rapidly expand. So you want to do excisional biopsy and then a primary closure for these lesions. Retinacular cysts, these are ganglion cysts of the tendon sheath. They're typically seen at the volar MCP. Ganglion cysts are the most common hand tumor. The most common location for a ganglion cyst, 60 to 70% are found dorsally, primarily located around the scapolunate ligament. 20% of these are found volarly, and the most common locations are radioscaphoid, followed by the scapolunate, followed by the scaphotrapezial, followed by the metacarpotrapezial. The lowest recurrent rates are with excision. Other ways you can treat this are with aspiration or rupture. I remember there being like an old wives tale or something like mm-hmm. where you like throw, like hit your hand with a book to rupture I, the ganglion cyst. I don't know when I learned that in medical school, but it doesn't seem like the way to go. Uh, <laughs> for comparing this with other lesions, ganglion cysts do transilluminate and that's often in the question stem. For mm-hmm. pediatric ganglions, if they're asymptomatic, you can just observe them. Most of them will spontaneously rupture. And observation really is the treatment unless they are symptomatic, in which case you can move forward with uh, excision. And for these ones, you have to get the stock when you're going after them. Otherwise, they will come back. And then for giant cell tumors, these are the most common benign neoplasm of the hand after ganglion cysts. So the second most common is a neoplasm of histiocytes. 
They're typically on the tendon sheath and present as a rubbery mass, more commonly on the flexor surface. They're slow growing, they're tan, and they're typically multilobulated. They can be invasive. And it seems like the in-service loves to test like little details about giant cell tumors for whatever reason. Um, they love giant cell tumors. They love it. Um, pathology is histiocytoid mononuclear cells, has histiocytes and hemosiderin. So just remember H, histiocytes, hemosiderin. It does not transilluminate and it needs marginal excision, though it does have a propensity for local recurrence, which we were tested on last year. It's got a local recurrence rate of like five to 50%. And it does have a one to 5% incidence of pulmonary metastases. So it needs, uh, you need a CT chest if you want to do appropriate staging for a giant cell tumor of the hand. The extensor brevis manus uh, originates from the DRC. It presents as a tender dorsal wrist mass, distal to the radiocarpal joint, can present like a ganglion cyst, um, but it moves with finger movement and it does not transilluminate. Um, a lipoma is the most common tumor on the body in general. This also does not transilluminate and it's mobile. It grow, grows slowly and it's typically soft. Gout presents with tophi, tophi. I think it's tophi. It's definitely tophi. Yeah. But like, oh. and that sounds like toffee. toffee. It does. Anyway. But it's not. But it's not. It it's presents not. as red nodules with milky white fluid, which sounds disgusting. Not toffee. No. Totally. <laughs> no. And, and you want to treat this like you would treat any gout flare-up um, with anti-inflammatory agents, i.e. colchicine. Yeah. Right. You want to bring Beautiful. us through bone and tendon lesions, Rosie? Let's do it. All right. So endochondromas are benign cartilaginous tumors in the bones of the hand. So it's within the lamellar bone. These develop in the second or third decade, and you will have pain in the absence of a fracture. An x-ray will show scalloped lytic lesions within the medullary canal of the affected bone with scattered calcifications. So endochondromas, scalloped lytic lesions. These are associated with all ears disease. Um, and that has endochondromas within the skeletal system and also Mafuchi syndrome, which is, um, multiple endochondromas also associated with vascular hemangiomas. You treat endochondromas with excision and curettage and bone grafting. 10% of these will recur. Most likely outcome though is normal healing without recurrence. And you can use autologous or bone graft substitute depending on how much you need. The most common location for endochondromas is a proximal phalanx, and it may be an incidental finding with fracture. So if you do have that, treat the fracture first and then excise the endochondroma later. Malignant degeneration into chondrosarcomas is rare, but is reported. Next up, we have chondromyxoid fibromas. This is a benign cartilaginous tumor that rarely occurs in the upper extremity and is a radiolucent lesion with small sclerotic rims. So chondromyxoid fibroma, small sclerotic rim. Next up, osteoid osteomas. These are symptomatic with pain at night, relieved with NSAIDs, and an x-ray will show a target-like lesion. So like two O's, concentric O's, y'all know what target is. CT will show like two O's for the target osteoid osteomas. I love that. And then like the target lesion is two O's. 
Oh, I love that. Wow. The work too. Um, cool. So cool. Treatment. Uh, sorry. CT will show a hypervascular nidus of osteoblasts with surrounding sclerotic cortical reactive bone formation. And treatment is curatage and bone grafting. Osteochondromas are our last bony tumor. They have a bone stalk and a cartilaginous cap growing out from the, from the metaphysis in skeletally immature patients. The cortices are all contiguous. So it's basically like a little nub growing out from the side. You can treat these non-operatively unless they're symptomatic. They can occur in the condition with multiple hereditary exostoses if there are other lesions present. And treatment, if you need it, is wide local excision and reconstruction to prevent symptoms. And then moving on, we will go into tumors of nerve involvement. Do you want to go over these? Let's do it. Whoever wrote the in-service must have discovered the glomus tumor because I feel like there has been a question on this in every single exam. I'm going to go through it in detail because there are a couple of like signature signs that come up with this tumor. Um, it's a benign hermartomatous neoplasm, most frequently found in the fingertip subunguli. They are neurovascular in origin, so their symptoms include pain, sensitivity to cold, tenderness on palpation, and purple mass color um, sometimes uh, can be observed. The standard signs um, that come up with this tumor are the love sign. That's extreme pain on direct focal pressure. I don't know what who hurt this person who named it the love sign. <laughs> Great. Um, then there's the Hildreth sign which is a decrease in pain with proximal tourniquet inflation. There's the ice bath immersion test. These tumors are highly sensitive to cold um, and you can diagnose them with MRI. The treatment is complete excision, but unfortunately there are fairly high recurrent rate, recurrence rates up to 20%. Um, other types of neuro tumors, the neurofibroma, this is a tumor arising within the nerve fascicles. It's usually solitary and benign. You can evaluate this further with MRI can actually cause some neuro deficits. And you want to think about NF1 or von Reckinghausen's disease. If um, you have neurofibromas present along with cafe lay spots in that scenario, they may be malignant. Neurolemoma or a schwannoma is a tumor of the schwann or glial cells on the nerve surface. A schwannoma is a benign nerve tumor. It's typically painless and in the proximal wrist. It can be painful if it's in the digits. You want to diagnose this with a Tonell's test and an MRI. It'll show hyperintensity on T2 weighted imaging. And you can perform, mar perform marginal excision if it's non-infiltrative. It usually does not affect nerve function it's, since it's on the nerve surface. Um, and it is associated with NF2. So NF2 has uh, bilateral acoustic schwannomas in its sort of standard presentation on an NBME or in-service exam. Mm -hmm. So be thinking about schwannomas and neurofibrosis too, and neurofibromas with NF1. All right, vascular tumors. So pseudoaneurysms can form from arterial wall perforation. These are treated with exploration vascular repair um, if you need the arterial perfusion. Otherwise, they can be excised. You can also have AV malformations of the hand. So um, these can be selectively embolized if needed, followed by surgical resection. 
There are also low flow malformations, uh, specifically venous malformations, and these present with soft compressible masses with dependency. So they get larger when they're in a dependent position. They have rapid growth with hormonal changes. Sclerotherapy can be used for larger ones or more diffuse lesions. And if they are symptomatic, you can excise them. The last vascular ish lesion is a pyogenic granuloma. This is a reactive vascular tumor that rapidly grows in response to a minor trauma. Treatment is excision and cauterization of the base via chemicals like silver nitrate. All right, moving on to malignant lesions of the hand. The most common malignant tumor in the hand is going to be squamous cell carcinoma. Um, you can also have subungual melanomas. These are pigmented streaks under the fingernail. If a uh, biopsy, if that's present for greater than four weeks. So if you notice a pigmented streak for greater than four weeks, then you want to perform a biopsy. Those have particularly poor prognosis if it's a subungual melanoma. Malignant peripheral sheath tumors typically metastasize to the lung due to the nerve elements traveling along the nerve elements, and they are a malignant form of neurofibroma. Those are technically classified as sarcomas. Osteoblastoma, these are characterized by night pain, and the CT scan will show a radiolucent nidus surrounded by sclerosis. Soft tissue sarcomas, these are extremely rare tumors that represent less than 1% of malignancies. The most common type is a malignant fibrous histiocytoma. The workup includes an MRI, a biopsy, and a CT scan of the chest for metastases. You want to perform an incisional biopsy through a longitudinal incision for soft tissue masses after MRI has been performed. For an incisional biopsy, the longitudinal incision can be done with a tourniquet, but no Esmark. These are basically due to the fact that you don't want to uh, push tumor cells like further proximally. Um, and also you don't want to do a, a transverse incision because it makes it much more challenging to reconstruct on a lesion like that. So you want to perform a longitudinal incision for whatever reason, they test that quite often on the in-service. Um, the treatment for these soft tissue sarcomas includes wide excision, primary reconstruction and radiation, not chemotherapy, but radiation. And you need at least a one centimeter biopsy. Transverse biopsies lend themselves to higher recurrence rate in sarcomas and need for flap coverage, like we kind of briefly mentioned before, due to the like less than ideal uh, incision line across that lesion. Exsanguination of the arm is not recommended in those with neoplastic tumors. They can you can elevate and compress the brachial artery, um, typically at 250 millimeters of mercury, um, but you, they do not recommend doing exsanguination first. And then primary amputation, you can consider this when the tumor infiltrates major neurovascular structures. Uh, resection would result in the sacrifice of more than one major peripheral nerve, or there are major comorbidities limiting the reconstructive options after resection. Osteosarcoma, this most, location, most common location for this type of tumor is in the humerus. Uh, the, it's the most common malignant tumor of bone. Symptoms include pain and edema. And the radiographs have this very characteristic sunburst pattern with periosteal elevation known as Codman's triangle, which I feel like they've somehow managed to us to memorize like so many years. And I've, yeah, step one, I've only seen it on an x-ray once, <laughs> but here's sunburst Codman's osteosarcoma. Yeah. Codman's yeah. triangle, sunburst pattern, osteosarcoma. 
chondrosarcoma, on the other hand, are low grade and slow growing. You want to diagnose these with x-ray, um, intralesional lysis, endos endosteal scalloping, and cortical thinning will be characteristic of those x-rays. And the treatment is ablative therapy or wide excision. Ewing sarcoma is actually a type of neural tumor, typically presents in males that are young, 5 to 25 years old. The diagnosis is done with x-ray, which shows an onion skin periosteal reaction and soft tissue mass overlying a diaphyseal lesion. Pathology shows small round cells in sheets. The treatment is chemotherapy, wide local excision, and possibly XRT. These typically have a very poor prognosis as well. Epithelioid sarcoma treatment is with pre-op radiation and wide local excision. Chemotherapy is indicated if it's greater than 10 centimeters or high grade. And you want to remember that for epithelioid sarcoma, pre-operative radiation is done prior to wide local excision. I don't know why they emphasize that so much on the in-service, but for epithelioid sarcoma, pre-op radiation. Mm -hmm. Baruchus carcinoma of the fingernails can be caused by HPV. You can perform MOS with graft coverage if the distal phalanx or the bone is not involved. Um, and kind of like we alluded to before, if you see a malignant peripheral sheath tumor, you want to highly suspect neurofibromatosis type one. And that's wow. Hand tumors. Hand tumors. That was pretty quick. That was not, not terrible. terrible. Let's All go right. fast facts to Let's do here. it. I got right. you. Um, so the ganglion cyst is the most common hand tumor and the most common location is dorsal by the scapholunate ligament. The second most common hand tumor is the giant cell tumor. Very commonly tested on typically on the tendon sheath presents as a rubbery mass more common on the flexor surface. It's slow growing, it's tan, and it can be multilobulated and it can be invasive. The extensor brevis manus is an accessory muscle that originates from the DRC and can present as a tender dorsal wrist mass distal to the radial carpal joint. And it can look like a ganglion cyst, but it moves with finger movement. And then remember these signs with glomus tumors. So love sign is extreme pain on direct focal pressure. So really not very lovely. And then Hildreth sign is a de decrease in pain with proximal tourniquet inflation. And then our last fact is that squamous cell carcinoma is the most common malignant tumor in the hand. Cause your hands are always in the sun. That's hand tumors. Yay. Thanks for listening. Hopefully it's helpful. Come back for more episodes. It's, the, it's almost the end of the year. Come back in 2022 and make sure you keep listening to Quick Hit. As a plastic surgeon with a unique vision for each patient, the more options you have at your fingertips, the better. Natrell is one of the portfolios available to you. To learn more, visit natrellsurgeon.com.